This is the Mystic Scribblers podcast with Ray Carriger and Deb Lawback, authors of A Twisted Series, a past life steamy romance series. In this podcast, they continue an interview with Kathy Ann from simplicityofsoul.com discussing past lives and the next generation. We were in the pool one afternoon and I said, how did I get so lucky for you to pick me as your mommy? And he said, well, when I was in heaven, now this is when he was five years old. I love it. I love it. I love it. He says, when I was in heaven, I looked down and I saw you and I saw somebody else and I liked the twinkle in your eyes and I decided that I wanted you to be my mom. Oh, that's so beautiful. So sweet. And I just was like, oh, my gosh. And I looked over oh. at Tim. I had tears in my eyes. And then my little boy, I called him my little boyfriend at the time, my little boyfriend swam over to Daddy and whispers in his ear and says, that's how you talk to a woman. <laughs> but, I mean, where did he come up with those words? I was in heaven. And then my daughter, she gave me a really exciting experience once. My best friend at the time, my sister-in-law and I, were giving her a bath. We were just sitting there talking. And one of us, I can't recall who, said, where did you come from? And she was young, not speaking yet, but she had a few words, but was not of sentences, making sentences. But she just looked at us and she said very clearly for all three of us to hear, she said, heaven. Oh, my gosh, that's so fabulous. It's the point where we all asked and scared her so much that she jumped out of the tub into my arms because we freaked her out because we couldn't believe what she just said. Oh. Oh. Children, you know, we have a good generation coming up that's going to help, and I think we just need to stay yep. positive. I agree with you, but what I'm trying to say to you is I think we can go so much faster than you think. I don't think it's going to be a slow change. I think it's something that can happen, like, within the next 10 years if people start thinking along these lines. If we can get so, more people like us, yes, I agree. It will be faster. I mean, I look at the kids and I think of what they're doing right now with the with the protesting, and I'm very proud of them. You know, the never again and save our lives and our lives matter and everything like that. I think um, the children are, are are finally saying, like you said, what what the hell did you guys do? Yeah, you screwed it up. Yeah. Now. And, and Deb, I, I want to also say, I don't think there's anybody to blame. I think it's an evolution. I think it's an evolution of the human spirit. And it was just, you know, back in the, up until this point, we needed to be fear-based. We needed to be governed by our ego because that protected us. But we are so technologically savvy. We are so understanding of different cultures and different, different ways of life that there's no reason to be afraid of anybody anymore. Once we start getting that thought out there, I don't think we're going to have any trouble. Well, I think the biggest problem is there's judgment, and I'm better than you or you're better than me, that kind of judgment. Once that part of the ego gets dropped and we all realize that, you know what, most of us walk with both feet. Um, Exactly. Well, when we all realize that that we're here by choice and that we all have talents to offer, it can't be one person who's better than another because we're all here for the same reason. What do you think... Kathy, uh-huh. that it would take. I grew up in a very Christian home, but you know, when you talk past lives to Christians, that doesn't fly well. Oh, I know. You know it, it's looked at as uh, 
God doesn't give you tw- two chances. He gives you one chance, and you got to believe That's in that. Jesus. And the only way to become one with him again is to be cleansed by, you know, the relationship to Jesus and accept him into your life. So I look at past lives, and I guess I'm curious, how do you blend in with your thinking with the first story you told us? And now where you're at, how does that all blend together to you? The fact that you're healed, your neck is healed, yet you were somebody else in another life in your, uh, in your estimation. I, I think I would have to say that your soul is your soul and that doesn't change. It may take a different form or it may have no form. Free, free will is the most powerful tool we have, love and free will. And I think that as a soul created by God, because you were such a manifestation of love, you have the free will to come and go as you please. He's never going to stop you. So should it be that I once existed in medieval times trying to be a healer and died, well, if I'm in heaven and I say to God, I want to go try again, He's not going to tell me no. He's going to say, you've got a free will. You can, if you are working in, with the eyes of love, go do it. And I think that's how you justify it. I love I mean, that. I, yeah. I, I don't, see, one of the things that I came away with from my experience is that pain, suffering, sorrow, anything negative is ego-created. Nothing, absolutely nothing like that exists in the realm of God if you want to use the word God. What I experienced was such an amazing, inexplicable understanding of the power of love and his love for us that when he created each one of us, he didn't go, oh, hmm, I'm going to create Christopher. Oh, he's such a nice guy. No, he went, oh, my God, Christopher, that is so amazing. Bam, this was this explosion of love, and there was Christopher. Everything was, there's no wishy-washy with him. It's all really exciting and really powerful and all out of love. So if you as a soul wanted to come back a second, a third, a fourth time with good intention, you've got free will. You can do it. And that's how I think that works. Okay. I have a question for you. What about the ones that come back with and end up doing bad things? Is it just their path for that soul to be that way? I mean, I, I kind of justify it that way. Like, that's just the path that they were supposed to take. And if they ended up taking out and killing people or, I don't know, let me just, whatever, Jeffrey Dahmer, I mean, I'm, he had no good intentions except right. to please himself, which was a very right. twisted thing. He had free will. Right, right. And so he right. chose to come back. Right. Um. And I think he probably chose to come back and then just came back and for whatever reason that soul's desire. I don't know why. Or it might have been his first life. Who knows whether or not he'd ever been here before. I don't know if you come into the world evil. I don't know whether it is because somewhere along the line in your nurturing you are instilled with fear and the ego takes over with it. I mean, I can honestly say I remember when I was a kid and my ego talking to me saying, well, you know, if you listen to me, I'll take really good care of you. And realizing that um, what it was doing was separating me from other people. And the ego does that. In order to keep itself safe, it will 
destroy everything, including the body that's carrying it, because it has such a fear for survival. It's like a primal, it's like an appendix. It's like something in the body that, you know, you're carrying around, but you really don't need. So if you come, if you do evil deeds, you're coming from that deep, deep seated place of fear, because ultimately you want to survive. And if it means at the hands of other people, you're going to do that. But if you work to quiet your ego and just go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying put yourself in harm's way or anything like that. You, you know, you've got to protect yourself. But that doesn't mean you have to think that way. It doesn't mean you have to right. be around people like that. We can turn off the ego and use it just for the tool it is to help us find out who we are and what our talents are and then shut it down or quiet it. You don't have to shut it down. And then you just work from your intellect and, and your soul. I don't, we wouldn't have to worry about the Jeffrey Dahmers anymore. They wouldn't exist. But that's going to take right. a little bit. That's going to take a little bit more time. Yeah, that probably will. That probably will take a little more <laughs> time. Sadly, a couple more million years. But um, no, I, no, no, because no, there's no, so no, many no, people no. populating the earth, and so many. I don't know. It's, yeah, I know. But anyway, I didn't mean to get off on a negative tone. I was just curious. No, yeah, you're curious, but yeah, I think it's it all has to do with you know soul thinking versus ego thinking. Wow, I feel like I've learned yeah. so much today. Oh, I'm so glad. You know what? It comes down to being so simple, and that is why I use simplicity of soul, and that's SOS, you know, and that's an acronym for Save Our Ships. (laughs) Well, I think it's perfect. Ray and I discovered that what we're writing about, even though the the stories themselves are fictional, but the message that we're trying to get across is true love conquers all. And yep. we have been together before in different instances, and you kind of migrate towards the same souls. And for us, we like to write about it, whereas in our podcast, like with you, we like to talk about it. And it's not necessarily that we need to talk about our, our steamy romance novels that are based around past lives, but it's the soul journeys. And, it, you know, it's so much fun, and people love it, and I've never heard anybody read a romance and get annoyed. <laughs> Let me ask you, how do you think people can open themselves to communicate with their soul? This is what I say to that, and um, it's a matter of trust. Um, The first thing you would do is say inwardly, I know my soul is in there, and you greet it. You know, hey, soul, here, let's work together. And this is where the biggest battle is with the ego, because the ego's like, prove it, prove it, prove it. And there's no proof that's required. All you need is trust. And if you have, you know, faith and trust that this soul is working for you, then you can do little, little games with it. And, like, for, I'll give you an example for me. Back in 1998, I was living in Amityville, New York, in my dream house. I thought I was going to grow old and die there. And one day my husband came home and said, you know, Kath, um, I'm, things are not going well at my job. I've got this job offer in Florida. I, I think I'm going to explore it. And I was so upset. I just did not, did not want to move. So I was sitting, it just so happens, I was singing in my brother's choir. So I was sitting in church one Sunday, and I, I engaged my soul, and I said, okay, soul, and God, listen up. We've got, I've got myself a dilemma here. Um, my husband wants to move to Florida, and I don't want to go. I want to stay in my house. Please give me three signs to tell me whether it's okay to stay or whether I should move. I was like, one wouldn't do it. I needed three. I needed proof. (laughs) So I got up, and I'm walking out of church, and my friend Patrice comes up to me, and she goes, Kat, 
if you ever decide to sell, and I'm not kidding you, this actually happened. She said, Kath, if you ever decide to sell your house, my friend is really interested in it. She'd love to buy it. And I looked, I looked at her and I went, oh, God. I was like, okay, Patrice, thank you. And I'm walking around and I'm going, one, damn it, one, damn it. So the next day we had a small insurance claim on, on our homeowner's policy. And the next day in the mail I get a notice from the insurance company saying that our homeowner's policy had been canceled. So I called them up and, and they, said, they said, oh, no, you had a claim. We are not renewing your, lease, your, your policy. And I called every insurance company that I could, and they all told me no because I had had a claim and they weren't going to insure with me. So they're going to. And the next morning, my husband got a phone call from his office, and they said, oh, don't come in. You're fired. And I just, I just looked out the window up into the sky, and I said, did you have to be so direct? So um, <laughs> I think he wanted to get your attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, and I ended up selling the house for 200000 more than it was worth, and we moved down here. And, and, um, and, you know, and my life has pretty much taken off since then, my writing career, meeting people like you. And, you know, I just feel like everything happens for a reason, and we resist far too much. And if we would just let go and just say, okay, soul, you're in charge. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying you sit back and wait. You keep active, you do things, you do what you believe you should be doing, but if you pay attention, your soul brings you the answers all the time. And engaging our soul, I think, is um, uh, it's a difficult task. It probably needs to be something that people practice. Uh, Absolutely. And you practice it by chatting with your ego and saying, no, no, now you cut that out. You're being unreasonable. You're being scared. There's no fear here. You no, know, oh, I'm not getting the answer immediately. Well, wait a day. Just give it a minute. Just relax. I mean, now if it's an yeah. emergency, well then, you know, if you're being robbed or if someone's in a car accident, well then you automatically spring to action. You do what it needs to do. But in just, you know, decisions that need to be made, people you're going to be with, you, if you always say, show me, just show me, show me the answer, show me, you will see it. And you, you know, I'm sure it's happened to you a hundred times. If I if I ask it and I it's funny when I say show me, I I always get a sign and then sometimes I get a sign that just smacks me in the face because I wasn't paying attention. Yes. And, <laughs> and then I just go with that too. I'm like, okay, got my attention now. Yep. And yep. It's soul thinking and people don't understand it. You know, I'm just trying to make it really clear that this is what's going on. And if we start employing it and using it as a tool. Things will start moving faster. Things will get kinder. Um, you know, decisions in big business and politics won't be made from fear-based choices. It'll be from, you know, what's really good and what's right. You know, it's a, you could call it conscience, but it's, it goes even deeper than that because it, it channels our creativity, and that's where it comes from. And you know how it is when you write. Sometimes you'll turn around and go, wow, I don't remember writing that. You know how that is. That's all full activity. Kathy Ann, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your podcast that you do called Simplicity of Soul. Simplicity of Soul is basically a discussion of, you know, the experience I had and what I've learned for it. To, and my, my whole goal is to enlighten people to the fact that their souls exist within them for use now as an organ or a tool like our eyes and our hearts and our lungs or a hammer and 
I want to awaken people to how their soul can work for them and help them achieve their highest and greatest good at no one's expense. Thank you so much, Kathy Ann, for taking the time to be with us today and, and sharing your philosophies and your stories, your experiences. They're incredible and moving and exciting. And I hope that a lot of people listen to this podcast because then it'll bring them to your podcast, um, Simplicity of Soul. So we cheer you on as you cheer us on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mystic Scribblers podcast, where Ray Carriger and Deb Lawback, authors of A Twisted Series, a steamy past-life romance series, have interviewed Kathy Ann from Simplicity of Soul. Be sure to check out mysticscribblers.com and simplicityofsoul.com for more information about these and other podcasts.